0: You, Ed pretty good. Yeah, enjoying the sunshine. You? Same, yeah. Um obviously we should start with the big news of the week. So as we record this, the only official statement that came out was on Friday when we all learned that Sir Alex Ferguson had suffered from a brain hemorrhage and been operated on and was recovering. The operation had gone well and he was recovering in, in, in intensive care. So, um, by the time you hear this, the news may have moved on, uh, but that's where we're at with it. So hopefully, um, I mean, the family understandably requested privacy. So it's not like we're going to be getting regular news updates or anything. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was tough, and there's been an outpouring of love, obviously, from everyone in the United community. But but beyond that, a really sort of universal reaction and, and a, a, a very a huge reaction from the football world at large.
1: Yeah, there has been yeah loads of support from uh, his former players, from other clubs, from other managers, even from City fans uh, during some game they played yesterday when they lifted some. Silver thing and then dropped it, by the way. Um, but yeah, no, u- universal uh, respect for Ferguson, even if they were rival supporters or managers. Uh, good statement from Liverpool. Um, obviously, you know, lots of love from United fans. Uh, he's not dead yet, though. Of course, I, I thought um, Daniel Taylor, Taylor in the Guardian struck just about the right tone. You know, saying uh, he, he opened his piece by saying, uh, "I'm very worried that Ferguson could end up reading this, pouring over the details, and he'll uh, he'll come back to me if this sounds like an obituary." So, you know, he the the, the like, what we've heard is very little, of course, but um, it was a reasonably positive t- statement saying that the operation had gone well and he was recovering uh, in intensive care. So, you know, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, of course, we all hope that um, he makes a, a full recovery and has a good good few years left. Um, and I'm far from an expert on the subject, but... Um, it, given given that statement it seems reasonable to be optimistic that that might be the case um it did make you really come face to face with oh yeah he's he's obviously going to die within most of our lifetimes you know this is this is just the kind of hard reality of it he's a older man he had heck of a lot of stress in his life um but yeah it it, it just it was it was really sad it was a remarkable outpouring and it feels like well we're definitely not going to do any kind of looking back at the greatest hits of Alex Ferguson because you know hopefully there's really no need to do that right now
1: yes I mean it's obviously very serious he's 76 years old and bleeding on the brain is not good for anybody of any age so especially if you're that age you know and uh, and, uh, a lot of people talked about Ferguson's sort of personality and stuff I I don't know whether that really makes a difference um you know he can't force uh you know himself to get better can he so um Uh, but
0: willpower makes an enormous difference in recovery and and people with different personality types do have completely different reactions to being poorly and you know that's yeah
1: i'm, I'm gonna assume he's not conscious at the moment but um anyway the only person i know that um this, this happened to they uh, ended up drilling a hole in their head to release all the fluids but uh pretty grim either way um but you know fingers crossed long recovery long recovery ahead of him especially if there's any significant damage done and uh you know everyone um everyone really wants the best for him um kind of yeah. uh Put some perspective on the week's football, didn't it? Uh, which was dreadful on Friday night, but uh, kind of pales into comparison to, to what happened the next day.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, a week before, of course, we'd all seen him looking in classic Fergie good spirits as he gave Arsene Wenger the... Pity trophy. The, the yeah. runners-up trophy uh, for the the fight. Arsene Wenger should give Alex Ferguson a much bigger trophy. That's like, oh, yeah, you won, so here's the bigger trophy. Um Brighton was just—I mean, what an absolutely despicable performance from Manchester United's most talented players. I thought uh, I'm, 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 I'm prepared to give Mourinho a share of the opprobrium given his comments afterwards, and given that there's a solid argument that one of the reasons his talented players are. Trying too hard and misfiring is to do with the way he's handled them this season, but their individual performances were pretty disgraceful. I thought. So
1: yeah, I mean, I uh, I, I have to say I was wasn't very happy with Mourinho's comments, and I'll, I'll come to that in a little bit. Uh, people thought I was defending the players, though, and that's really not true. I, I thought their performance was, you know, collectively indefensible. Um, so many experienced players there who shouldn't be allowed or shouldn't let their game drop. Uh, just because it was a game that didn't really matter very much, uh, you know. United, I'll get need a point, to finish second. I'm going to assume that uh, they'll get a point out of of West Ham away and Watford at home somewhere. Um, but it's really, really poor. And, and Mourinho rightly called it out afterwards and said, "Look, we worked on it all week. I knew this was a risk. We talked about it." Um I you know, I, I I try to I try to stop that happening. But there is something about this group of players and the way that Mourinho manages them, which means that uh they blow hot and cold, you know. So it's 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 really it's really not good and it's the thing that has to be fixed. Of course that is his job, literally Mourinho's job, to fix that. Um, he seems to think the only way of doing it is is by throwing the players under the bus or buying new players. I think there's probably an additional, an additional way, which is good coaching. But um, anyway, that's another point. What, what Mourinho did in the aftermath of the game, though, was say oh, perhaps you'll realise now why it's always Lukaku, Lukaku, Lukaku and not player A, B, C and D, you know. And and honestly, all he was talking about there is Martial and Rashford because I don't think there's been universal call for Fellaini, Rojo and Damian to be in the side if, you know, if, if he really meant that. <laughs> um, but but what was, what was the point? I mean, I don't think... All season, anyone has really been calling for Martial and Rashford to replace Lukaku up front, you know? Uh, I think a lot of people want them to get a game. And, of course, they're both natural forwards, um, central forwards, such strikers. Um, But so I thought he was misguided uh, on two fronts, really. And I just don't understand what benefit he thinks he can get. You know, he just comes across as being a smug get. Um, Is that the one that increases the level of performance?
0: You know, it's those comments... Those comments are the reason, those are the things that drive me up the wall about Mourinho. More than the tactics, more than the, more than some of the substitutions, definitely more than the results, which have been, you know, once again, this was another blip, That the kind of thing that stopped this from being a really good season and made it kind of like a season where you look and go, well... Okay, it's clearly better, but dot dot dot. But it's the comments that are so frustrating because this is the Mourinho cycle with talented young players. Oh, I see, I see those football Einsteins who wanted me to pick the young players have egg on their face because I've picked the young players and they were rubbish. Mm. See, that's that's the thing I about know. young players—they're rubbish. You know, it's it's. Oh, so you're gonna regularly not pick these players, undermining their confidence, and then hammer them for not being good the first time they get a game. I uh, know it's it's just, honestly it's so bad,
1: it's so bad, and um and and you know I have to say this I was really surprised by the reaction of some people who I thought would probably know better than this, you know, and uh, and you know at the same stage of. Of Cristiano Ronaldo's career, three seasons in, he hadn't got anywhere near as many goals and assists as Martial, or in fact performed to the same level. I don't think you know he was incredibly inconsistent. Um, and just in those ten years or so, uh, the collective United fan base seems to have lost all patience with young players. We, we were the we were the team that gave them time, that coached them in the right way. Not anymore, it seems, you know, and that comes from the manager down, and the the culture Mourinho has spread, and uh, they, you know, these players have to be brilliant from the the start or nothing, you know, and the only solution apparently is to go and spend another three hundred million in the transfer exactly,
0: market. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. This is this is, you know, the culture of the club has been, you know, we talked about Fergie earlier, and Fergie's starting to feel like a distant bygone era now when really and truly the club did stand for something. Now, was some of that marketing? Absolutely. Did Ferguson leave the club registered in the Cayman Islands? Absolutely. You know, this is not a hagiography. This is not red-tinted spectacles. But in terms of the playing style, I mean, we've we have both expressed a lot of frustration during the latter period of the Ferguson era on this very show about his... Lack of spending actually and his over-reliance on a sort of some mediocrity. Um but you look at his whole career, giving players a chance to develop. I mean, you know, David Beckham would have been hounded out of the side. That Skulls definitely would have been hounded out of the side. You know, it's it's crazy to to see the performances, I mean, you know, somebody said to me that Martial's uh, this th- that performance kind of typified Martial's time at United. You know, some uh, good flashes, but not really much shown. And I think, not his time at United, his time under Mourinho, which is a com- which are two completely different things. His first season, he did have a kind of barren patch in the middle of it, but there was a level of consistency there, you know, and. We relied on him in key moments, the FA Cup semi-final being the most obvious one. Uh, It seems to me crazy to be saying... And even... Even this season, when he's been in the team regularly, he really did hit patches of form like that, that was sustained. So I, I don't get it. I don't get the willingness to go. Ah, this player's rubbish. About a player of that level of quality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, rumours this week that has um, approved uh, a sale of Anthony Martial to Juventus, and uh, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't square this one. You know, I, I know he's inconsistent, but he's twenty, what, twenty two. Years old and, um, and there's just so much talent there. With, with good coaching, you've got to believe he's going to be a player who regularly scores more than 25. I mean, just look down the road at, at uh, Raheem Sterling at City. You know, he was a player who blew hot and cold a lot. Uh, came in for a lot of criticism. Uh, of the fair kind about his performances on the pitch, not about his cars or clothes. And um, and now he's he's going to score over 25 goals this season, being absolutely central to City's title win. And that's the kind of player that Anthony Martial should definitely become. He's a more talented player, I would argue. Well, I don't, and, I'm not sure. and, and with good coaching, that will happen. I mean, he's, and, he, he's and, certainly
0: a more natural finisher.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the... the Deep, deep frustration is that this this nagging feeling at the back of your brain that Jose only trusts fully rounded players. Well, that's, that seems to be proven. But that's true. not
0: a nagging feeling. Oh my god, we haven't talked about the best Manchester United moment of the week by oh, a yeah. country mile. Oh my gosh. This is genuinely, this will go, when I am on my deathbed and I think back about my relationship with football over the years, I really hope this moment springs to mind because I'll be in need of a chuckle and this will definitely give me one. Easily the funniest thing that's happened at Manchester United in a decade. So it's the player of the year. I'm not going to be able to get through this. It's the player of the year awards, right? And... Obviously, because because of the, the perfect intersection of us being an embarrassment and him being the best goalkeeper that's ever played for Manchester United, David De Gea wins the double player of the year award again. Uh, I think that's the second time in four years he's done the double and the third time in... F- or the No, it's the fourth time in five years, isn't it? So third time in five years he's done the double, fourth time in five years he's won the fans voted player of the year award. And um, Lemanja Matic gets goal of the season, very good. Um, Dimitri Mitchell gets Academy Player of the Year. I think Tahith Chong won the Player of the Year for the Juniors. A very fine player, by the way. Um, But then, (laughs) the highlight of the evening, Michael Carrick gets a special dispensation award. Well done, Michael. Very well deserved. But about two-thirds of the way through the event, Jose Mourinho comes onto the stage and says... There's a fans player of the year. There's a players player of the year. Why no managers player of the year? And you can kind of think, oh, well, maybe that's because giving out a managers player of the year award would sort of imply a cu- the kind of favouritism that could perhaps unsettle the dressing room. <laughs> 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 but no, Nemanja Matic, the Jose Mourinho's son on the pitch, doesn't get it. Instead, he gives it to his grandson, Scott McTominay. <laughs>
1: the, the, <laughs> yeah the Matic clone
0: yeah the the award for the only one of you who deserves my love goes to Scott McTominay the award for or, or, or the not Paul Pogba <laughs> yeah. award goes to <laughs> the, the the Jose Mourinho award for person who most listened to Jose Mourinho this year goes to
1: it was so passive-aggressive, it really was. I mean, you know, <laughs> the only thing Jose could have done more to mock Paul Pogba would have been to black up, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it's Jose all over, right? But you can see in these little things why,
0: at almost every club he's been at, he eventually loses the players, can't you? Um you know? 655 minutes of action in the Champions League and the Premier League this season. Uh, five starts, six substitute appearances in the Prem. Uh, so five starts for his best player of the year. Immediately after the game, of course, the uh, that award came, the Brighton game. Um, you would expect that given the manager's player of the year was available to play, he'd be selected. Surely he's been the best player of the year. But no, he was on the bench fifth choice, as you would expect. What well, was
1: well, surely second choice, Maran Fellaini. Uh, <laughs> yes. Him starting would be good enough. Yeah.
0: I mean, what what a passive aggressive like I mean we've all done passive aggressive things in our life, but have you ever hit a pure peak of perfect passive aggressivism as good inventing an award that's just basically none of the lot of you deserve me <laughs> no no th- this was the football equivalent
1: of someone in the student halls writing this is my milk i've spat in it <laughs> something like, feel that. like that i like mean, that's a bit it's, more it's, aggressive
0: i think this is more like the kind of the note that kind of says guys look we all use these plates why don't all of us wash them up you know it, you you've got to be really it's got to be really niggly well this was very niggly um, and of course
1: it provoked a a magnificent performance from United at Brighton
0: (laughs) I mean you know when Pogba was particularly I thought Pogba was really bad against well I'm saying I thought as if Pogba wasn't just straight up really bad against Brighton. No,
1: he was straight up bad, but so were all of the back four and, and all of the front three. I mean, perhaps only Matic actually gets off with, you know, having a half-decent performance there. The one thing I'd say about Pogba, because obviously he, he kind of got singled out for a lot of criticism by a lot of uh, support and press, was that he's always brave, right? You know, even when he's playing bad, he wants the ball all the time. Uh, and he does stupid things with it when he's playing badly because he's still trying tricks um so he loses the ball more often than he would do otherwise um but I, I didn't i didn't see a player here who was who was shying away from getting the
0: ball well no um i saw a player who's doing bad things with it a lot i mean that's sort of why he was singled out for criticism in a in a way which i think is completely deserved is that he had by far the most chance to influence the game i mean the only player that had more touches than him and this is by miles like matic had a few more touches than him but the two of them Had the ball. I mean, we had the ball seventy percent of the time. Pogba had one hundred and thirteen touches, and yeah, I mean, of course, you could say like his head never dropped. He always, he he always kept trying things. But actually, in a way, that's yes, the the courage of it is good to keep trying things. But the the overcomplication that comes in when he's not playing well is something he could really do with kind of nudging out of his game, like the the. I mean, actually, it's not a particularly bad tactical option to just shoot from distance when you've got a shot like his against a team that was playing as deep as Brighton. Um, but it was it was unquestionably frustrating to watch him sort of blast the ball over the ball over the bar over and over. Oh again. yeah,
1: I mean, y- United had sixteen shots. I think thirteen of those were from distance.
0: Yeah. You
1: and- know, so yeah, I mean, it was it was it was it was it was completely misleading as a. A, a you know a statistic because United very rarely created anything in the final third of note. So it was just re- it was really really poor all round. You know you know very low level of intensity. Um, the players were ill disciplined. Um, uh, for whatever reason, Mourinho couldn't couldn't find it in himself to not play two defensive midfielders. He played Maron Flaney as a defensive midfielder who has never played well in that position. Ever just stick them up front for sake, you know. Everything went wrong in that game. I mean, United's XG in this one was zero point six five, and that seems generous, but you know, apparently it was. I don't know where the point, you know, six five came from. Uh, the- um, y- shooting from 45 yards I, I guess I mean
0: that is exactly what it was from it was it was just a lots and lots of added up 0. Well, 0. actually, 5. yeah if
1: you put the percentages together right 0. 0.65 16 shots um that is yeah that is uh six percent or something yeah all right okay so that that works out about about right you know one in 20 of those shots will go in
0: yeah, and, and so, yeah, it, it was a, an extremely frustrating evening. It was like, I wanted to go and see Avengers, and instead I had to watch Man United, and it was not good. I I went to see Avengers the next morning. And it was much more entertaining than Brighton versus Manchester United, even if it was no Black Panther. All right. So, yeah, uh, a a thoroughly dispiriting performance from a team that looked thoroughly dispirited. I mean, I have to say... One of the things about giving this much credence and analysis to a game like this is Marino can say all he wants. Well, it's funny, it's interesting that he said twice recently, I've warned the players about this and it's happened anyway. And you think, well, maybe you need to change your man management methods or something, Jose, I don't know. And keep trying to do the same thing over and over again, it's not working. But he said the same thing, whoever it was, that we were pathetic against after the City game, West Brom.
1: West Brom, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think he said something similar against Huddersfield as well. So, it's 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 a recurring theme. It's reg- I do keep going back to this. I mean, I'd say the majority opinion in the Twitter sphere, at least, is that it's the players' fault, and you should just swap all the players out. I'd say that is the dominant paradigm, you know. Um, but isn't it the manager's job to create the kind of atmosphere that leads to motivation? Isn't he the man that is supposed to? Um, yeah, you know, get players running through walls for wouldn't him. not Pep Guardiola... It, it seems to be a long time since that was the truth. Wouldn't
0: Pep Guardiola have walked the league this season with our squad?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I don't know whether it's, that's exactly true or not. I, you know, I, it's a fun hypothetical. But I, I know for sure he would have improved a lot of our players. Right? Just look at City and the amount of consistency he's getting out of players who weren't consistent previously. I, now, to be fair, it might have taken him a year to do that.
0: Mm. This is, of course, Jose Mourinho's second season.
1: Yeah, and the third one's the one
0: where he actually melts down. This is just
1: a preamble. (laughs)
0: The funny thing about it is, like, this has been such a good season. (laughs) Like, this is, I mean, I have not enjoyed that much of it. (laughs) And I don't think anyone has, really. But, wow, like, we've hardly lost at all. We've lost seven games this season. That's nothing for post-Ferguson-Manchester United. You know, the, the, the amount of embarrassing, pathetic... Performances that make you wonder how these people can look at themselves in the mirror. This, this, you could count on one hand, and it's been a while since we've had a season where you could only count them on one hand. So, you
1: know, that's no, look, true. Look, um, United are going to finish with a decent points total, I expect.
0: Well, last, it's funny, last Uh, week we were talking about how it could be 86 points, which actually be pretty good, but it can't be 86 points now, it's going to be No, It can be 83,
1: and I would have won the title in many years, of course. You know, it's very hard to compare across seasons like that um and 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 true you know there have been these few humiliating performances Huddersfield West Brom Brighton Sevilla you know and a couple of others and they were in the early part of the season the very negative performances against some of the bigger teams of course I
0: mean especially Liverpool have actually
1: managed in the last since Christmas to beat all the rivals you know and lose to West Brom and Brighton, yeah. um, so you know there, there are plenty of positives. It, 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 FA Cup final, um, you know. W- one thing I'd say is that you know, looking at all the data, and I, I, I get that this is just one snapshot of stuff. You know, it's not a panacea. But looking at all the data, United have garnered far more points than really they really should have, given the underlying. Um, underlying numbers you know conceded less goals uh, and that's almost certainly down to David De Gea uh, scored more goals than actually should have based on HG and and got far more points than than would have been expected you know most people would think there would be a regression to the mean of course there's the summer and the chance to add new players and so we'll never exactly find out whether United would ever regress to the mean Um, but the underlying numbers you know show that this perhaps isn't quite as good as we might think based on uh, League position. That's just one perspective, though.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I'd love to see like a comparison between United's. I'd love to look dig into the data and see where certainly where our overperformance in terms of goals is coming from. Because it rarely feels like you watch a game, and it rarely feels like United have really got away with one. I guess the only one I can really think of is the. Chelsea game recently when at, at Old Trafford, when that really did feel like we'd got away with one. I think Maratta had a second chance pretty early on and blew it. Anyway, the experience of watching United this season hasn't generally felt like the results have gone better than the performances. Um, Most of the games we've won, we've sort of seemed like we were better than the team we beat. Sure,
1: yeah. Although... How many times have we really felt that United were completely dominant? Even even when it was four 0 FC in the early part of the season, how many of those games were actually superb performances? There were a lot of late goals that added up to four 0 FC, yeah, weren't there? You know, and and I think that's that's you know where a lot of that that data is coming from. So right. you know, United yeah. added goals where uh, perhaps you wouldn't have expected it uh, based on the actual numbers in the game. You know, so but that's that's you know the it, it's again. Second is going to be a, a good season, um, even if it was an outstanding season, getting more than a hundred points, which City are, are probably going to get, um, uh, would would have been you know near on impossible. Uh, so you know in that one, uh, Mourinho's right. Um, uh, FA Cup final, European performance was obviously very disappointing. So it's, you know it's been a decent season, so it's not to be all doom and gloom about it. But um, that. Allied to some very poor performances against the big size in the early part of the season. Mm-hmm. A lot of negativity. A lot of negativity from Mourinho generally as a person and excuses. And his inability to take any responsibility and allied to his propensity to chuck his players under the bus and call them out in very obvious ways. Um, adds up to, you know, a sort of... B minus C plus type season where perhaps it should be better than that. For me, at least anyway. And I know a lot of that's subjective.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I don't, disagree at all that's that's exactly where that's exactly where my subjective review of the season would be going and then I'd be wanting to question my own biases there because it, it seems almost unfair to be that critical of a team that's doing so much better than any recent version of it has done um but in the end uh it hasn't been a fun season and yeah I think the the two almost the two biggest factors in that have got really nothing to do with United's actual performances for me the the two most the two things that have made it feel like such a kind of damp squib of a season one is City and the fact that there's never been there hasn't been a kind of chance of a title race since about November and the second one is Mourinho's general demeanour which I mean if if you're trying to sell this as a good season look like you're enjoying it, you know, (laughs) which he has just hardly done all season. Well, frankly, he's hardly done since he arrived at United. It does not seem like he's having any fun being the United manager. And, you know, uh, the comparison with Ferguson, um, uh, like, Fergie always looked like he was having fun. I mean, not when it wasn't when we weren't winning, but, you know watching him jump up and down on the touchline celebrating a goal um a friend of the show Rob Martinez uh, was talking about how this um this was such a kind of not just a, a wonderful football thing but a genuinely wonderfully life-affirming thing watching Alex Ferguson celebrating goals and yeah the, the, Mourinho just doesn't seem to be enjoying himself
1: No, uh, I mean, I agree. I I really don't think he... This is supposedly a job he really wanted. Desperate to have cried in the dressing room when he didn't get it. And depending on, you know, if you believe Diego Torres. Um, and, 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 yeah, he doesn't seem like he's enjoying it. Seems like he could pack up and walk away at any point, you know. Seems like all the ills he feels and frustration he feels... Um, he's externalized all of it. It's all somebody else's fault. It's all the players' fault. It's all the the fault for not spending enough money. It's all Manchester City's fault for buying too many fullbacks. It's all Tottenham's fault for playing nice football and them getting all the press. You know, and um, and and for me, that's the biggest thing that comes out of this season. My frustration with Mourinho is is the lack of personal responsibility. And I don't expect him to come out and go, "Yeah, it was all my fault." Um, but uh, you know, he, he should. I think. Take it as a team, and uh, and he really does that after there's been a bad performance. And Brighton was just part of a pattern for me. Um, when when it plays bad, be- when they play badly, it was the players' fault. He told them not to do it. It's not my it's not my fault, Gov. And it's especially these two young players I'm going to beat down on because uh, they can't say anything back for fear of never playing for for Mourinho again, which may well be the case anyway. You know, because it really wouldn't surprise me if he didn't make some big name drops. Um, towards the end of the season, just to make a point about that.
0: Um, when when you say big-name drops, do you mean Pogba?
1: Yeah, or, or Martial or Rashford, you know? and you know, Do we go to the cup final and one of them's left out of the squad?
0: Yeah, I guess it's possible. I guess it'll be Martial that would be, out of those three, that would be the one that would be the least surprising to see dropped from the squad, especially if... Marino really has authorised a sale. Um, it's just so funny that we're selling a high-profile French youngster to Juventus. When has that ever been financially costly for Manchester United in the past? Yeah, we're
1: going to buy him back for £150 million in two seasons' time. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, that's Brighton. Thoroughly enjoyable, that was. <laughs> I mean, hopefully some some of the Reds who went uh, had a nice weekend in the sunshine on the south coast because Brighton is a, a nice city in the sun. Um just not at the, uh, the uh, American Express Community Stadium.
0: What a terrible name. What an <laughs> just... Orwellian nightmare of a doublespeak name. It's just it's modern football all over, isn't it? It's modern, the modern world in general. It's that, I mean, that is, honestly, in the 1980s, that would have been the name, that would have been like an indicator of a sort of Back to the Future 2-esque dystopian future. I mean, as with the Trump presidency, but that's that's a whole other discussion. Uh, Yeah, I'm afraid that,
1: you know, like, drama is not as uh, as, uh, mad as reality, is it? No. In in many things. Uh, At Lucas underscore MUTD says, uh, Mourinho blames everyone but himself or Fellaini for United's dismal performances. If you could have one of the two gone this summer, who would it be? Oh, oh,
0: oh. That's... That's a great. I mean, it's Fellaini definitely because Mourinho is annoying, but he is effective. Mind you, annoying but effective is a pretty good description of Fellaini's time at United as well. Given the amount of important late goals and the all he should do,
1: Fellaini. Yeah, if he stays at United, you know, because he seems to be bullying the club. Just, <laughs> I just, I, I kind of. I mean, it's so <laughs> surreal. Talk about Orwellian. Um, Marouane Fellaini blackmailing. <laughs> the club into signing a new contract.
0: What? What, what does? When he, he gave that inter- mind blown. He gave that interview this week, right? Where he said, "Well, I'm in a very strong position, especially since Mourinho has said he wants me." <laughs> I was like, What are you yeah. doing? Like leave your big tree, get your roots, <laughs> and get out of here. Um, no, but Yeah, if... talk, you're talking about back to the future. <laughs> Make like a tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make like a tree and split. Uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the thing about Fellaini is that this is not an attack on his effort. This is hardly an attack on his efficacy. It's an attack on what happens when you play him anywhere outside the six-yard box. And, you know, it. he just does not belong in a top-level football team in any kind of deep lying midfield position, he certainly there's a role for him, especially in a Mourinho team as a late substitute. Like no question about that, he's very effective. That was what he was like at Everton, and and even then there was talk about. You know, remember he, there was like he just was always good against us, and people would talk about. God, it'd be good to have a player like that on our team, and it kind of would, but not not like this not like this
1: no my problem with him signing a new contract is is twofold one what he does to the team you know so he if he plays in central midfield he's just dreadful it's yeah. just he's just not premier league standard honestly um, gives the ball away a load, or he's very safe uh, in order to not give the ball away a load. Um, and if he plays up front, it just, you know, the players descend, regress to launching it long, which can be effective sometimes, but mm. it's it's not very pretty. Um, and then, more seriously, if he signs a new contract, that actually takes quite a bit, you know, because it's going to be a really hefty one, takes quite a bit of money out of the budget. Um, he'll get a big signing on fee because because he's out of contract and a couple hundred thousand pounds a week or whatever it is, and a squad place, you know. So that's a a better player who will not come as a result.
0: No, I mean absolutely. And then you know, next season, every time he scores a late goal, all the people who there'll be a whole subculture of people going, "No, nah, see, see, this is why we pay him two hundred and fifty grand a week." You know, I mean, you could you could get another head on a stick for that. You certainly could. At JSF underscore seven says, ask
1: Paul, does he need a fourth? He'll know.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, Jay. Sorry, I was logging off. I was just about to log off. Timing, timing's everything. Friend of the show, Jay. Uh, another question for you. At Pete Mackin eight
1: says, how many chickens does it take to take down an elephant? Right. Right.
0: If you had a hundred chickens that were really angry with an elephant, would a hundred chickens be able to... No! Because not, not if the elephant could apply any degree of strategic thinking. I mean, how much strategic thinking does an elephant have? You see, the problem with the elephant in this situation is it might not think to use its feet. It might go for, you know, head swings and tusks and all that, taking out sort of five or six chickens at a time, as opposed to just stomping on all the chickens. I think I think you'd need, like, several thousand chickens to take down an elephant. Because the elephant could just get away.
1: Yeah, it could do. Yeah. No, I
0: don't know, though. Chickens, chickens can... Can a well, chicken outpace an There's an experiment an elephant? for
1: you, Paul. You need to, you need to farm <laughs> several thousand chickens and see if you can do it. <laughs> At Jack Johnson 710 says, Thoughts on Jordy Kroos' claimed that we could have got Pep after f- f- had left, but went for Moyes instead. Would he have continued our success? Yeah, well, United weren't specific enough. Uh, Fergie had that dinner with Pep in New York and didn't say become our manager. Mm. So goes the story.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd have got Pep Guardiola. At least he'd have brought a Barca style of play. As a man once correctly said, um, the yeah, I mean, would he have continued our success? It, it would have been, it would have been a fascinating transition. From from a manager like Fergie to a manager like Pep, it would have been fascinating to see what Pep would have done with that squad right. at that I'd, time. Why
1: wouldn't he have been successful? I, I, I there's, I'm sure he would have been. I mean, he went to Bayern Munich, who had um, had to just you know come off a treble basically, yeah. they hadn't, hadn't they? You know, when yeah. he got there. So, yeah. sure, why not? I mean, it it in some cases it was an aging squad, of course, but there are also some young players in there two, and, and it was just at the point where United were starting to be prepared to spend money after years of not doing that, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure he would have been successful. He, he certainly could have handled the club of United's stature, clearly, mm-hmm. you know, that's what freaked Moyes out. Uh, David Moyes, who we'll come on to in a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh, Mika, so at Sora Lapio, Laura, Sora Lapio on Twitter says, um, if Mourinho acted like he did now, treated the players the way, he did, the way he did, but managed to win the league, would you be okay with him or still want him gone? That's a bit presumptuous.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, not, just, I'm I not sure.
1: Look, you know, all the frustration I have with him, I'm not actually sure I want him gone. I, mainly because I just don't know how to guarantee a better result if he wasn't there. Deeply yeah. frustrated with him, though.
0: I just said I'd rather have Mara Fellaini gone than Jose Mourinho if there's no higher praise than that. Um, no, I, I don't, I agree with Ed, I don't think I know that I want Mourinho gone. There, there definitely are moments when he says things and I think, oh, just, just leave our club and never come back, you miserable sausage that doesn't belong anywhere near us. Um, but but the instability of a new manager would be bad. The, it would certainly be a gamble. There is a hugely known quantity um, aspect with Mourinho. Although one of the things about his known quantity is that his third season is explosive, but actually I'm not sure the groundwork is laid for a proper third season explosion. We can come to that in, at the end of the season wrap up show in a couple of weeks. Um, But, but yeah, I, I, obviously would just prefer Mourinho to be winning the league, but I think I'd, I'd still find the way he does it difficult, but of course that would be, you know, the the, the soothing balm of the Premier League trophy would would no doubt work its magic. Yeah. Um, At comedic underscore hermit says,
1: "What do you think is the biggest mistake of the season so far?" Interesting. Great question. A great, a great question. Great question. I mean, I I think personally it was playing and setting the team up like cowards over two legs against Sevilla?
0: I think it was playing and setting the team up like cowards away at Anfield just as we were really building momentum and looking like we might right. be rolling into a season. And, Liverpool and and put that in context, right?
1: This was a Liverpool team not playing that well at that period this, of the season. This, Very inconsistent. Not the Liverpool team spanking five pass teams every week.
0: This is the pre-Van Dijk Liverpool as well, where their defence just looked like you just had to blow on it and it would crumble. So... Uh, that that for me was the the turning point of the season, and yeah, I mean, hard to argue against Sevilla. But on a on a on a more sort of subtle and difficult to pin down to an exact moment, I would say the handling of Pogba and Martial almost all season, um, particularly I guess Martial. Um, that that's been a kind of ongoing theme for the right. latter two thirds of the season.
1: It's going to end up with him going, which is oh. Going to be guessing. At Honesty of Effort says, if Sanchez and Lukaku play every minute of home defeats to Sevilla and West Ham, how much will Martial be sold for?
0: (laughs) Um, I I mean, I wonder how much we'll get for him. I don't really care. There's no price big enough.
1: Always Lukaku, Lukaku, Lukaku. Remember that. He's 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 had a good season, Lukaku. He's had a good season, not a great season. It's not a 40-goal season. Um uh but he's he's been good. This is not wanting Rashford and Martial to be given a chance is not a slight on Lukaku, even though Mourinho would like to turn it into one. Yep, absolutely. At the Lone Razor says, How long before Liverpool are back on their perch? Oh come on, <laughs> come on
0: <laughs> that's that hurts. That, that hurts, that question hurts. Um if we didn't win, Liverpool are gonna win the Premier League at some point, aren't they? I mean, you would expect it's got it's got to happen eventually. Um, although, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, I don't know. United didn't win the league for a really long time, and then they won a lot of leagues. Um, I, I'd be quite happy dropping dead, if Liverpool <laughs> never having won the league again. <laughs> uh, in fifty years' time, I mean, you know, you know, like obviously, everyone's worried about. Um, Everyone's worried about Liverpool winning the Champions League. Understandably so. but Especially Ronaldo having picked up an injury, injury in the El Clasico at the weekend. The, the thing is, though, like um, I saw some people saying, this is punishment from all of you who were glad that they beat City. Um, and I kind of feel like it, it's less bad, Liverpool, even though Liverpool are bigger rivals than City, obviously. Liverpool winning the Champions League is less bad than if City won it because... City have never won it, so let's keep it that way. That's, you know, that's one thing. Um, secondly, it's sort of solidify City as a truly great side in a way it just doesn't for Liverpool. And Liverpool basically had the kind of campaign we had in 2011 to an extent, um, beating a big Premier League rival in the quarterfinals, getting a really easy semi-final draw Um Let's hope that Real Madrid do a Barca to them in the final. But what really, like historically speaking, six and five, eh? That's basically the same. It's a very small percentage jump in numbers. One, I'm not. I'm not that bothered. Or I'm telling myself I'm not that bothered. You decide. Right. <laughs> Alan Salon Esquire says,
1: "Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, Hi, 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 or or Adam. Adam. I'm not sure which one it is because he's got both names there. Uh, Maybe he's a bit confused. Can you name any Mourinho success stories from history involving fragile flair players? I hope these insane methods work
0: sometimes. I I can't remember the data, but um, it'd be interesting to see what the Iron Robin, how the Iron Robin timeline works out with Mourinho." How many seasons
1: did he have with Mourinho? I mean he came very young to Chelsea, didn't he? Twenty or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, and he talks very fondly of Mourinho now. Um Damien Duff. Damien Duff Roddy loves Jose Mourinho. Absolutely loves him. I mean, he's a, he's not he doesn't have the kind of quite the same mentality, I don't think, as a sort of, you know, Kevin De Bruyne or a, a Anthony Martial, he's got maybe a bit of a more solid, solid mm. mentality, but he loves them. You know, I think back to the time
1: when yeah, uh, it's not answering the question because I'm not sure what the answer is there. Young players done really well. Maybe it's Robin Joe oh, Cole, sort of, was good at Chelsea for that, some time, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah,
0: but but Mourinho, there is a solid argument to say that Mourinho absolutely ruined Joe Cole's career. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, uh, what's his name? Not quite fit the profile in terms of age, but Deco. Deco was like a, a kind Yeah, of... but he wasn't a
1: younger player, was he? He was a flair
0: player. Yeah, he a was a flair player, player, yeah. player, exactly. So, um,
1: you know, I think back to that time at Chelsea, the first time round, first time round, you know, Mourinho was infuriating and arrogant, but also charming and fun and smiled and enjoyed life. Where did it all go? When did he become so bitter? You know, now when he wins, it's a chance to have a dig at the fans, you know, or, or you know, shh on the touchline isn't it you know when did, when did he last smile jose Mourinho?
0: i mean he does periodically do it he does smile in press conferences and stuff sometimes and mostly laughing at his own jokes to be fair um but that's fine because that's part of part of it um i mean i think it's madrid isn't it that that it was madrid that that changed his demeanor um, maybe, maybe partly it was a reaction to the reaction his inter team got. Maybe the, the the fact that you know that second leg of that semi final becomes the sort of defining image of that inter team when when right. really Mourinho... and,
1: and in, in fact much of Mourinho's management. Although you know, and it's not fair, is it? That's he, he does he hasn't just played you know twenty percent possession, kicked the ball away. Although he does justify, he does
0: rationalise those those tactics, you know, quite quite a lot. He does, but he he almost never plays them. Like, uh, we've seen it once this season, once, that yep. kind of performance, and that was away at, at Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, a couple of questions for you.
1: At Creishon says, who'd win a fight between a taco and a grilled cheese sandwich?
0: Grilled cheese, taco, crumble.
1: <laughs> oh, <ooh, laughs> only if you got one of those Taco Bell crunchy tacos, which are wrong, by the way. Oh, wrong. you're talking
0: about a soft taco? Soft, it's soft. You
1: don't get those crunchy ones in Mexico, you know, where tacos might come from.
0: You're all right. Look, not all of us spend every waking moment going to new countries, Ed. Like, some of us have m- majority exposure to tacos has been via the medium of fast food. Um, a soft taco against a grilled cheese. I think a grilled cheese would still have more kind of substance. If you cut it diagonally, it'd be hard to knock off its feet, I think. <laughs> All right, final
1: question. This one's for you as well. Okay. Simon Zambelli, Zamo249, says, uh, were all these Mourinho apologists sucking him off when he was toxic at Chelsea twice? F***ing <laughs> ends. <Bellend." laughs>
0: that one's not for me, is it, Ed? That was a little trick he played there. You just played a little uh, trick maybe, on me. Maybe a little bit.
1: Um, yes, no, that's exactly where um, the sucking off comes from. It's, uh, it's Mourinho's time at Chelsea. People uh, are looking to what he once was. I'd say.
0: No, but I think the question is about this, his second, uh, like his kind of second spell, isn't it, as well? Like everyone that's going, he's brilliant, he's brilliant, brilliant, ignoring the fact that he was toxic there and he's toxic here. Yes. <laughs> bell ends. A lot of beeping for Tom today. Apologies, very much apologies. Not on Tom's behalf, on Ed's behalf, because Ed makes it very difficult for Tom to catch all the beeps. <laughs> he doesn't have to, he chooses to.
1: It's a choice, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So says Kanye. <laughs> Let's move on,
0: shall we? <laughs> Listen, in his defence, that particular statement was genuinely taken out of context. Quite a lot of the rest of it hasn't been, but just that specific one was literally taken out of context. What were you we talking about? <laughs> Bellends. <laughs> no. Talking of Bellend, David Moyes <laughs> on Thursday... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Ed! I'd like you to scale for me on a scale of one to ten how pleased you are with that segue. Hey, that's pretty good, for me. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's a shame that we can't relegate them. When I looked at the fixture calendar, I had that little glimmer of hope when Moyes took I over. I know,
1: I know. They managed to beat Leicester at the weekend, so Leicester who are going through. Lots of managers at the moment because I'm sure Claude Puel is going to be sacked after this. Um, uh, but yeah, they are safe, West Ham, sadly, because Southampton and Swansea play each other. Um, there, there is a scenario we were talking about it just before the before we uh, recorded, in which uh, West Brom can still get out, um, and uh, that would be by uh, Swansea and Southampton drawing in midweek, and then Southampton losing their final game to. Someone and Swansea losing their final game to Manchester City, which is very likely, yeah, something like that. And West Brom and West Brom amazingly beat Tottenham at the weekend. Um, escaped when Southampton conceded a 96 minute goal at Everton, um, and uh, and they played someone at the weekend. I can't remember Palace away.
0: Who uh, Palace away? And
1: there's got to be a four-goal turnaround as well, or actually a five-goal turnaround in Southampton and West Brom's uh, goal difference. So, actually, I think Southampton may play City, so, you know, it seems it seems eminently possible that this could happen. But the first one that has to happen is Southampton and Swansea have to draw. See, the
0: thing is that that is the key problem in a lot of ways. Not obviously, like, a, this, when you need only one of the three possible results in terms of either side winning or a draw, that's, that's a big problem. But that then means all the turnaround and goal difference has to come from that one game, doesn't it? Um, cause... Yeah, Just Swansea
1: plays Stoke after Southampton and Southampton go to City. So, you know, look, the, results, uh, the results could happen the way that West Brom want them. But yeah, that Swansea-Southampton game on Tuesday, so tomorrow as we're recording this, is is the key one. But anyway, United have West Ham on, on Thursday at the London Stadium where West Ham fans will be celebrating their fine season under David Moyes and their love of the footballing palace that is the London Stadium or the Olympic Stadium or whatever they call it this
0: week. Uh, they call it the London Stadium, don't they? I thought that. I, I think,
1: think that. I think they only called that it, that temporarily because they thought they were going to get a sponsor, but then uh, all the sponsors realised realised that they didn't really want to associate themselves with West Ham fans fighting each other, <laughs> which is what they've been doing
0: most of the season. It's an absolutely toxic mess. I mean, in West Ham, we talk about <coughs> the culture around United being a bit toxic at the moment with Mourinho, but it's uh, fairly substantially less toxic than the the story at West Ham. I mean, listen, right. The next sentence coming out of my mouth does not come easy, but David Moyes is due a fair amount of credit for the fact that they're safe with two games to go of the season. Um, Cause when he took over, nobody would have predicted that that would be the case. And um, the fact is he has drawn some pretty decent performances um, out of his forward players in particular. Um which have just about dragged them to safety. I mean basically you hit a little good spell straight away which again I don't think many people would have predicted I certainly wouldn't have done and then, then it got really wobbly and then they've he's righted the ship you know, all the ship has righted itself the fans are not scrapping every week uh, I wonder whether that sort of peak moment where, you know, the, the game I can't remember who it was against where the people running on the pitch and they were all shouting sack the board it does seem Burnley to have also, at home. yeah, yeah. right, it all seems to have calmed down a bit since that day and, and results have improved I think since that day too yeah,
1: maybe maybe West Ham fans uh, should have realised earlier that they didn't need to fight each other and they needed to fight David Moyes just on principle. <laughs> yeah, um, no, he's he's done an all right job. I mean, look, wasn't this new stadium supposed to take West Ham to another level? It was supposed to get you know more finances and be challenging up the table. I mean, look at Burnley. I know Burnley got spanked by Arsenal at the weekend, and um, but they're going to finish seventh. They're going to qualify for the Europa League. And they're on a, a tiny budget compared to West Ham. So, um, yeah, clearly, West Ham have underperformed as a club. Moyes got half a season and has managed to right the ship enough. Um, I'm not sure he's the kind of manager that could really take him that far. You know, he seems to have got a hell of a lot of negativity in him over the years, and uh, I, I don't know. Does he's he's the kind of manager that keep them safe just about?
0: So, I said he's got a tune out of their forward players. Really, I was just mostly thinking of that time Mark Arnautovic smashed a million past Southampton because he hated Mark Hughes. Um, so, maybe that's that's really the key. Uh, so, you look back last summer and they signed Zabaleta, Hart, Chicharito, I think, were the three big signings, weren't they? And you sort of thought maybe that could work in a way. Joe Hart's obviously well past his prime um, at 31. It's funny that you'd say that about a keeper, but... He definitely would seem to be, and Pablo Zabaleta's definitely passed his prime, but a sort of steady head with a lot of experience. And Chicharito, there was an argument to say that he would have scored a lot of goals, but he simply hasn't. He has really hasn't. No. Eight this season. He did have a big injury um, at one point in the season. He's played. He made sixteen starts and twelve substitute appearances and scored eight goals, um, which is n- not absolutely appalling, but it's far from brilliant.
1: Not great. I mean, they brought him as a goalscorer, and he didn't do it, you know. And and their other goalscorer, Andy Carroll, has spent most of the time arguing with David Moyes
0: <laughs> and being injured, as you would entirely, entirely expect. mean it's completely reasonable to expect and that he would have been that he'd have been injured. Um, what are we having... going to get out of
1: this game then? I mean, it's uh, it's an odd one because West Ham fans seem to regard uh, Manchester United with you know a lot of antipathy, weirdly. And there have been some games, you know, not least the last one at Upton Park, where
0: West Ham have really got up for it against United. Do you not think that's a bit mutual? Do you not think there's a bit of, there is actually quite a lot of dislike for West Ham in the United ranks? Uh, I think I see it. And not like, you know, a major rival, but not quite in the Stoke City level of one way rivalry.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I suppose they got a couple of big results against us in very big games in the early 90s
0: maybe that's i might with so much of my relationship with football i might just be basing this entirely on the early 90s <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um but yeah the the it will i mean so yeah, it was towards the end of the last season. It was a real chat. It was a Champions League place decided, not the last season, the season before, uh, for us when there was all the bottles thrown at the bus and all that kind of stuff. And it is a, a weekday evening, so you could kind of easily imagine some sort of repeat of that. But that was also the last game at Upton Park, wasn't it? Which uh, that is going to be a very different. That had a very different vibe to it. Lots of lots of probably anger and upset and certainly just loads of emotion flying around for West Ham fans. So maybe they got a bit excited, but they needed a little bit of an early night and they didn't get it. Um, I think it'll be a lot quieter this week. What are we going to get from United though? Will, we, will they turn up? Will there be any sort of reaction to the, the game? I mean, there's, we're playing on Thursday night, then we're playing on Sunday, and then it's the FA Cup final. So there's going to be a lot of fitness management. And with second virtually assured... Uh, you could imagine a pretty meek performance here, couldn't you? Well, you can,
1: and certainly there's plenty of history this season to say that that that's fairly likely. But I mean, you know, after Brighton, you've got you've got to say some of the players have got to have some personal pride and and want to do a lot better. I wonder what kind of team Mourinho will put out because I really don't know. Because after West Brom, he said none of these players will play in the semi final. He, he dropped eight of them for the Bournemouth game. They played reasonably well. And then he just reverted to the West Brom team again. So, I mean, you know, he's lost any credibility in terms of threats of dropping people for big games now. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I presume he'll drop a few players to make a point. I mean, he's definitely going to drop Rashford and Martial. He's basically signalled that already, hasn't he? And um, I don't know if Lukaku's fit, but if not, Sanchez may play up front or Fellaini may play up front, something like that.
0: Great. <laughs> awesome <laughs> uh, stuff, yeah <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's got to give Rashford another chance, hasn't he? I mean, I, he, he, I kind of thought his. Well, Rashford was pretty terrible against against Brighton Yeah, I, I just don't know I mean, one the one thing I'm pretty sure about Is that Matteo Damian's going to play it right back and, and beyond that, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Romero appearance uh, You know, there's a lot of things that just wouldn't be surprising About this game um, is David de Gea on the the Golden Glove thing? I think he's he's close to getting that for once because I don't think he's ever won it, has he? Um, which is the most clean sheets kept for the season, right? Right. Uh, but anyway, um, so he he'll be hoping he gets a clean sheet, I'm sure yeah all in all I've got nothing interesting to say about this game that's what I've just looked into my heart and realized I have nothing interesting to say about this game because I don't think this game is in any way interesting coming up after it the is is Watford and I, I wonder whether we'll see a similar thing than we saw against Crystal Palace in um at the end of last season where now we really really are seeing some kids that was the game where Angel Gomez came on for Wayne Rooney it was the game that Josh Harrop started Scott McTominay started when that was unusual um Axel Twanzebe, I'm pretty sure, played in that game because so I think I remember him going to midfield at one point.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. I mean, we could do. I, mean, I presume unless United lose against West Ham and Liverpool beat Brighton at home, uh, United should be going into the the final. Well, I mean, I no, guess it's not, it's Liverpool, not, be playing not Liverpool, Brighton,
0: Liverpool can't come second. They're five points behind. Us oh, with that's the game right, to play that's right. That's right. No, it's
1: Tottenham, isn't it? Spurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually don't know who Spurs' two fixtures are. I mean, yeah. I mean, Liverpool, brightons interesting because they could, in theory, they could drop out of the top four if they lost to Brighton at home, and uh, once they've lost uh, to uh, Ronaldo' hat in the. European Cup final in Kiev.
0: They'll they'll drop out the Champions League places altogether, which would be highly amusing. Spurs are um, Spurs are getting six points and some goals because they're playing Newcastle and Leicester at home. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. They've looked very tired in recent weeks.
1: I'd say Spurs have. Oh, yeah, actually, um, they just or, lost the West
0: Brom away, didn't they? So their their results
1: since it was revealed that Daniel Levy earns more than most of the players <laughs> <laughs> have been
0: dreadful. Just saying, <laughs> but in fairness, that's been away performances because they were they were pretty well. The semi final excluded Brighton away was bad, and West Brom away was bad. Um, but but they they beat Chelsea immediately before that, and Swansea and Tottenham, and they were kind of unlucky against Juventus. So really, they've had three bad results. That's what we're kind of basing this on. Um, so. I think they're going to get six points. So I do think we are going to need a point from one of these two games. And I guess, I guess it's very difficult to do, to say anything meaningful to predict that final game of the season. Cause I think you're right. If we still need a point it's likely to be basically the full strength side, isn't it? Even with an FA cup final the weekend, cause it's not like there's anywhere near as much riding on the FA cup final as there was on the Europa league final last season.
1: No, 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 that's right. I mean, um, and further down the table, Chelsea play Huddersfield, and then Newcastle. And they got a very good win against Liverpool at the weekend.
0: Very um, good, very good very because d- of that hilarious possibility that you just uh, outlined, yes. where yes, Liverpool yes. don't get Champions League. I league.
1: mean, Chelsea's xG in that one was zero point four three. They they <laughs> defended uh, very resolutely. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some fun scenarios here. One one of Liverpool, Tottenham and Chelsea are going to miss out on the Champions League place, you'd have thought. Well, uh, United United are secure, right? Did you right? just
0: say you'd have thought? Because there's, there's no you'd have thought about one no, of no. Liverpool, Definitely Chelsea. Definitely one of them will. Of missing out. Yeah. Of
1: the, well, no, I, was just, I just had a horrible moment where I was oh. like... Could, <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, could, could oh, you, no, you're right. United, I don't think United can. No, oh, Chelsea, go, no, sorry, no, no, I no. thought that was not the horrible thought you had. I thought the horrible thought you had was that Liverpool, finish fifth but get the Champions League qualification a different way let's just say that that is also horrible
1: yeah it's also horrible not thinking about that I'm channeling I'm channeling
0: my energy towards Ronaldo's ankle he's (laughs) gonna be all right (laughs) I mean it is nice that we are two games before the end of the season and United have absolutely guaranteed a top four finish it's been a long time since we've been able to say that I mean pretty sure it was Fergie it was the last time because I think when we finished fourth under Van Gaal, it was all done quite last minute, if I remember rightly. Um so yeah, this is this is a, a an easy stroll into a Champions League finish, something that that you know we haven't just not been able to take anything like for granted in the last five years. Right.
1: Predictions for the two games. I know we didn't really preview Watford, but it's it's That's likely to impossible. be totally meaningless.
0: Yeah. Uh I really hope we get a draw against West Ham at least. But I actually actually think it's perfectly likely that we won't we won't get a result in that game. Because we won't be up for it. It'll be a slightly dodgy team. Actually, though, they're probably not gonna just set up at home to defend Relent, well, are they? That it's was, David Moyes. It's David Moyes. Both West Brom and Brighton were defined by the fact that both teams defended with eight men behind the ball the whole time. Um, and we just, we seem to, I think you said in the whatcast, in the whatcast? In the Rankcast WhatsApp group, I think you said, we've reverted to a Van Hal tendency against teams that defend deep. We just go really static and look like we really struggle to break teams down. So if, if West, West Ham do that, then 2-1 to West Ham. Whoosh, whoosh. Seems,
1: it seems you know they'd have to create some chances. Yeah, one nil, to, one nil to West Ham. Yeah. I would say one all. It's meaningless this game for both sides, um, and a point would guarantee United second. So there you go, one all. Yeah, and then and, the... and Watford, Watford bunch of kids, three nil home win. Yeah, maybe four nil FC. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. A little reminder of a happier time. And then we'll be back with another one of these shows um after the after that game which will basically dedicate to previewing the FA Cup final I think that's right all right cool great cool cool and great cool and great we've managed
1: to <laughs> ramble on for over an hour uh with very little to talk to um in the meantime let's hope Fergie gets better
0: and we yeah. have some better news by the time next week I mean it, it goes without saying that <laughs> like yeah can't think of any news I'd Rather here this week than the news that Fergie's doing well and on the road to making an absolutely full recovery. So thoughts of the rank cast are definitely with Sir Alex Ferguson, but when are they not, let's face it.
1: Um, That's right. They have been many times
0: since (laughs) you've retired. (laughs) Many times. Please come back, Dad. Yeah, we love you, Fergie. Um, And uh, we'll be back next week. See you then. Bye now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the RankCast, which is, as always, brought to you by the people who back us over at patreon.com slash RankCast. A massive thanks to everyone that's done that in the last couple of weeks. That's so, so appreciated. Uh, Those of you who choose to back at a $5 plus VAT or above level get a little bit of bonus content on the end of the RankCast every week about various different subjects, both football and non-football related. This week, we couldn't talk about anything other than Sir Alex ferguson it's amazing how i mean uh, like you know i had so many messages and stuff and conversations with people over the over the weekend and the amount you know i made that film a a year or so ago about 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 people who were at his last game which wasn't really that's, that's one of those things that's not really about what it says it's about it's about how much he was football dad you know like the 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 strangeness of all of our collective relationship with Alex Ferguson, you know, he's not a member of any of our families, but he's an honorary member of all of our families. You know, it's like everyone would have him at Christmas dinner. (laughs) You know, every United fan would have Fergie happily. You want to come around for Christmas? And that's fine. You know, there's, it's a, it's a strange thing. And, and yeah, of course we're, we're all hoping he, he, he pulls through and, you know, I, I, Anyway, yeah.